are worlds between our own, and from these worlds there are written histories, both ancient and modern. To read of these testaments scrawled in hidden places and on other things, you must fix your eyes uncomfortably within you, and if successful, your gaze will unlock the door behind raw imagination and meet the manuscript of innumerable folios known as the Dark Darkness. Hello, I'm Shark Child, and this is The Dark Verse. Testament scrawled in hidden places and on nether things with the sole purpose of sharing with you a unique world of horror and fantasy that will follow you to the visions of your sleep. Alright, so we had one more winner from the Dreadful Inspirator Contest that I held back in October. So the story that I have for you in this episode will be based on that winner's entry. The winner was Corey Parson, and her entry was this. Basically, I'm just going to tell you what her entry was and then go on to tell you that, of course, I changed it up. But anyways, here is her entry. For strange creature, being, or person, she put a woman, long stringy black hair that is drooping wet, no eyes in sockets, blood flowing like tears from the sockets, her mouth twisted into a gruesome smile as though someone has forced her lips back this way permanently. For a strange setting, she put a windowless, solitary confinement cell in a high-security prison. Cell is walled with stone, with a metal door that has no window, only a compartment for the inmate to put his hands so they can be cuffed. The compartment has a metal door that locks on the outside. And lastly, for a strange occurrence, she put, An inmate is sent to solitary after complaining of hearing voices and scratches appear on his wrists, and neck. Guards believe he is doing this to himself. For those of you that are not familiar with the contest, I needed to write an episode of The Dark Verse based on the entry that Corey sent me since she was a winner. Now I'm about to share that story. And like I said, I did not follow the details given to me to a T exactly. My stories tend to control me rather than the other way around. But do know this, that this story is undoubtedly inspired by the entry. This is episode 68 of The Dark Verse, and it is entitled, Filling the Empty Throne. I thought I had told the doctors nothing but the truth regarding my wounds, yet their doubt in my words led me to not wholly believe in those insects of memories crawling behind my eyes. They wanted to know how the rings of flesh were once missing at the wrists of my bloodless arms, and how a ring of flesh was once missing at my neck 
without the decor of crimson. Indeed, anyone should wish to know such answers. So I told them the truth, the only truth I knew, and the only story I knew how to tell. But the doctors would not receive it. Every week they came and withdrew me from my cell, and every week they asked me the same questions. Mainly their probing led to the defining of the role I played concerning the wounds. But my account did not involve any of my doings. I was a victim, and especially not of myself. As the weeks came and went, I began to divulge less and less of what I remembered when the doctors came to inquire of me. For one thing, I realized that the fluorescence of my details gave ignition to punitive results. And second, the line between nightmare and reality had become a pool of mixed elements, leading me astray from the substantial qualities of confident testimony, and beyond that, cognizance. I would rather have not remembered anything regarding the incident at all. That would have saved me great torment, or at least given cause to administer it. The wounds they found upon me as I lay on the floor of my prison cell were deep, almost all of the way to the bone. They were circular cuts, rings, one on each of my wrists and one around my neck. There was no bleeding. The wounds were completely clean, as if those rings of flesh had been removed by teleportation and the fissured blood vessels somehow instantly sealed. It was in the morning that I was retrieved after my cellmate began demanding in screams that he be removed from my presence. I was very much awake during all of this time, staring up into the heavens that I hoped would reach out to me. There was no lasting pain from the lacerations in my flesh. The pain, nearly in its entirety, came with the thoughts of the cause of these inflictions. I do not recall ever receiving proper medical attention, whether or not that was a possibility for the type of wounds I had received. Nonetheless, I was not worried as to what the lasting effects of such wounds would deal. I was nonchalant, worried only about those things that came and inflicted them. Once taken out of my cell, I was immediately admitted into solitary confinement. For what specific purpose, I did not know. Once in this confinement, my recurrent meetings with the doctors began. My wounds healed in time, but I was not released. The doctors, although they showed it not, knew there was something amiss with me. They wanted something. They were biding their time, waiting. They wanted the wounds to reappear. They wanted to be an audience for the spectacle. There was indeed a reason for my prolonged separation, and they would wait however long it took for that reason to be fulfilled. Whether that was proof that it was I who exacted the wounds by the hell of my mind, or by some other mind or thing from hell. The doctor's desire came true on a date I was oblivious to within the deep timeline of my seclusion. I was lying up against the far wall of my cell a cell with walls of stone and a door of metal. My mind was detached from me, 
and floating in the abstract realm of deteriorating self-knowledge. I reached around my back and scratched my side without thinking. My mouth hung open. Then, from the void regions of things passed away, I was addressed candidly by a voice of knowledge and wisdom. Identical to the voice I heard when I previously received my inexplicable wounds. Preceding the sound of the first distinguishable syllable spoken, when but a fraction of hum pursed through into waves of existence, I was already taken back to the previous event of the wounds, to the cold and shrill haunt that passed through flesh and blood to soul, and there beneath the soul where nothingness is heaven. At this place, in this memory acutely revived, I was overcome by cosmic fear, and only then did the words from this voice flow, causing recurring sessions of suicidal daydreams, suicide by thought and by will. Seek, 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 seek. The words were fed by themselves as if each flame of a fire that flickered built upon itself, enlarging and further engulfing. And as these words went on, so the onslaught of my flesh began, thick, invisible shackles wrapped around my wrists and neck, and began to turn and churn my flesh from one side all the way around to the other. Seek! 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 Deeper the wounds were torn, faster. Seek! 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 I could not move. I could not speak. I could not even breathe while this invading presence surrounded and suspended my life. And then the door to my cell opened. And in the thick light stood a woman between two guards. Her hair was black, long, and thin, like honey caught between two surfaces and then pulled apart. Her eyes were missing from their sockets, and her mouth was rigid, stuck in a wide, forced, closed smile. The guard's eyes were also gone, and from those empty sockets flowed blood down to the ground and then up the woman's body into her vacant sockets giving her life and sustaining that life. Her presence was incomprehensible, its appearance, its birth into the prison. She was not, and then she was. This woman, this blind leecher, walked up to me as the shackles finished their courses around my wrists and neck. She grabbed hold of my left hand, twisted, and then pulled. There was a brittle crack, this time the wounds were deeper and had gone into the bone. My hand broke free. The blind leecher then did the same to my right hand. Grab, twist, pull. My right hand came off. Then she took hold of my head, a head impossibly alive, and did the same. All went dark. All went quiet. But still I moved. I was brought to my feet by the blind leecher. My body felt hollow, like material without life, like life without traction. 
I was disconnected. There was no more fear, no more emotions. Only fragments of abstract awareness brooded into the sensuality of my being. Those elements of cause and effect became foreign. There was only effect. There was only do. Act. I began walking. The reverberations of my steps coursed through my body. I kept walking. And as I walked, I realized that I was not being led. I was leading. There was a purpose lingering in the darkness of my blindness that I could sense and that I was drawn to. It was this source that I traveled towards. In this darkness, I had no sense of time, but my steps were substance and therefore could be used as a medium of duration. By the number of my steps, I could delineate distance and with distance then determine an estimation of time. My steps grew into hundreds, but no more. When that which beckoned me approached immediate proximity, I collided with a wall. The principle I sought lay just on the other side. I continued to collide with the wall, willing myself through to the other end without avail. Hands were then placed on me, halting me. I could tell they were the hands of the blind leecher. I recognized her touch. Then she touched me again, this time in a way that directed me to continue forward. And so I did. There was no wall to impede me this time. I walked only a few feet more, and then I stopped. An unusual sensation overcame me, one of achievement and fruition. I contorted my body as if I was sitting on a chair. I bent my knees at a 90 degree angle, and my elbows at that angle as well, with my biceps tucked against my sides. My thighs hovered parallel to the ground, my forearms hovered parallel to the ground, my back was perpendicular. A person sat atop me. This person was my longing, the beacon. Then of human likeness, I was no more. That without hands that seeks, and that without a head that seeks, is the empty throne called to find its ruler. That concludes episode 68 of The Dark Verse. Make sure you download all of the past episodes from thedarkverse.com or from iTunes. Visit sharkchild.com and click the shop link and that will take you to my online shop where you can buy my book from the Passages of Revenants, The Dark Verse, Volume 1. This is a hardcover imitation leather book with foil stamping and artwork by John F. Stifter, including the first 26 stories of the Dark Verse. So please go check it out, and please pick up your signed copy. Alright, if you haven't done so already, make sure you go to facebook.com slash sharkchild and like that page. And that's all that I request of you right now. So have a great weekend. Peace. All stories on the dark verse are the sole property of Sharkchild and cannot be used for distribution, publication, or monetary gain without my written consent. Sleep deeply and remember to love. <laughs>